Welcome to the Self Starter Show. I'm your host, Steve Clare, and on this show, you're going to be hearing from entrepreneurs. You're going to hear about their wins that got them where they are, their losses, and everything in between, as well as the advice that they have that helped them along the way, along with bonus solo episodes of my personal secrets of life, success, and empathy sprinkled in for you, the listener, like chapters of a great book. Each episode will provide you with a bit of a cheat code to success and happiness. I'm here with my boy, George O'Kenny. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. There we go. I'm here with my boy, George O'Kenny. George is a entrepreneur. He is a business owner. He owns a modeling agency. He is a model himself, uh, not just... uh, not just um, in campaigns, but he's also a model citizen. But more so, we're talking about we're going to talk about George, the business owner, George the model and world traveler. And without further ado, here is my boy George. Yo, thank you for having me. A pleasure to have you here. Um, I'm just going to go get right into it. Uh, tell me about your agency. Mm-hmm. Um, your position at the agency and your responsibilities and what you do on a daily basis. So when it comes to the agency as a, um, well, tell me about the agency. So name, how many agent, how many agents, how many, uh, models you have? Uh, give me the, give me the sauce. Give me, give me the juice. Yanni models, uh, based in New York and LA. We represent models, New York, LA, Basically, the whole United States, honestly, to get to it. We have... New York, L.A. and everything in between. New York, New York L.A., everything in between. We have girls in Texas, guys in Ohio, um, the Midwest. Uh, those corn-fed Ohio models. Listen, man, if you're looking for good-looking people, shout out to my boy um, Jonas that said this. All the good-looking guys and girls are in the Midwest. That's where you go and get your good-looking hidden gems, you know. I swear they make them like in the farms and factories out there. Whatever they're feeding them over there. Whatever they're feeding them, shout out to the Midwest. We have basically models represented worldwide at this point. But we started off in New York. Uh, my partner and I, we were, we are models ourselves. The idea came um, to try to basically build something that can defend models, right? We have trained eyes from being models ourselves. Um, we know exactly how to develop our models. So you're saying you saw something that was broken within the system and this is your, not your attempt, but this is you fixing that from your perspective. Basically. It's like having a, it's like having a, um, a big brother in a way, right? If you have a big brother that's, let's say has his stuff together and life has taught him a few things you get to learn much faster than the average joe who doesn't sometimes if that makes sense just having people that have been through much more stuff you can kind of get advice from it so we saw that as an open niche where it's just like we're models we know how we knew the requirements that was needed whether you're, whether you're the perfect height or whether you're just below that you know, for guys, if you're like 5'10", we knew how to get you through that door, which is basically developing your book, but then also shooting you at an angle that kind of add a few okay. you know, inches into it or just making sure that you have a strong book. And we learned that, honestly, from just, you know, building a strong relationship with our agencies that that we were signed to and paying attention to what they were good at and what they weren't good at and we just capitalize off of that and yanni right now is how many models that's a good question honestly probably more than 150 150 models yeah nationwide nationwide within how many years did you build yanni to get to 150 models 150 plus models i'll say four or five years we just hit in that five-year mark. We represent guys, gals, children. Um, now we brought on influencer bro- uh, board. So 
while other people are just focusing on one particular market, we take pride in educating ourselves, right? For example, the curve market is huge and we have some amazing curve models who we had to learn like that. uh like thicker models thicker models okay so um i just want to touch on so you now represent children as well yes 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 awesome uh seymour is a yanni represented model uh probably the youngest model on the roster yeah yeah we have a few as far as our children board i believe we have i because i had to count it while i was like man sometimes you forget this but we have probably like 30 children and the clientele is people like, well, children can't really model. Yeah, they can. You know, there's brands like Ralph Lauren who are always seeking kids. Um, we have a few. They work with Zara, Nike. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing that we, that I do as a model also, um, the children usually can do. It just takes a lot of patience, right? And or shout having out, the right child. Having the right child who has good personality. That's actually the trick that most people don't know. And for that's the most why we part, Seymour on board. For the that's why I was like, I need this kid. <laughs> <laughs> I need this kid because, you know, it's one thing everybody swear they have cute children, but the scary part is there's people out there, you know, who put makeup on their children. Stop. And it's like, isn't she gorgeous? It's like, yeah, if she was 18, right, or if she was, when you, you know, say putting makeup on children, putting on full blown makeup. It's on, like, and how old? I, I think the craziest one I saw was like a a four year old. A four year old that had like full blown makeup and she was she looked like she was going to prom. For for but modeling? For modeling. There was this like, isn't my daughter cute? Can you make her I was like Like I understand like uh like a four or five year old wearing makeup on stage who's dancing because part of that is uh there's a theatrical part of dancing where having you know the bright red lipstick, it's yeah. because people in the audience, and stuff yeah, like the that rosy thing. cheeks, it's so yeah. people can see it. It's part of the performance. Yeah. But to have a four-year-old with makeup come in for a modeling audition, yeah, that's kind of ludicrous. People do it, man. Uh, believe it or not, similar to when we told you, just send us the most basic, yep, material. Uh, he doesn't have to be in Dolce Gabbana. He just put him in. Think of it as like a blank canvas, right? You want us and the client to be like, he'll be great for this. Oh, we can see them, you know, in this in this brand. And when you're sending them with, you know, whether it's like the luxury brands or just, you know, graphic tees, it's kind of hard in a way to them to visualize that, right? So it's just the more simple, the better. And that's actually an advice that I try to give anybody that wants to get into the industry. That sounds like just life advice. The more simple, the better. Well, yeah. Especially nowadays, people try and complicate things in life. Yeah. And they tend to overcomplicate and overthink things when if they just went the more simple route, yeah, simpler is better. No, you're right about that. It's even like myself. You know, if you can... My style is just... Uh, Simple, simple, but yet still me, right? Whether it's just adding accessories, it's usually is like I'll hear people saying, you know, like if I tell them come to a fashion week party, it's like, well, how do I dress? It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know, do I have to be in all designer eh. or do I have to? I was like, well, just come as well, not for nothing. Someone rolling with you or on your guest list mm -hmm. is, you know, how tall are you? Six one. You're a six one model, worldwide model yeah. at this point. Yeah. And people think that if they're rolling with George, the worldwide model, yeah. they need to like they're not a model. So, what do models wear? What do people going to this party wear? Because they're not used to it. Right. Right. So you know, that's why they're asking. When the the real answer is just do you be dope. The funny thing is, if you roll with me and you've seen me out and about a few times, I'm probably just wearing some shit I picked up from the thrift store. Basic. <laughs> That's it, Basic. man. If it looks good, you know, and you're like, yo, this looks good. Confidence is something you can't buy off, right. you know, the rack. Or half of the time, I'm just like, people just like, even on set, oh, man, you make it look effort. 
I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I know it's my job and I know it's a blessing to be doing it. So when I'm, you put me in front of a camera, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I know I'm supposed to be here doing this and I'm just going to sell confidence, right? And confidence is actually, once again, just very simple, right? You ever seen somebody, like, I can tell a difference between somebody who's modeling and somebody who's not by even just like their poses. Just a few days ago, I'm educating one of my new faces, right? I'm like, you're a beautiful individual, but your poses is like you're almost, you're trying to oversell when sometimes just that hint of eye, eye contact with the photographer off glance takes you farther than somebody who's just like, you know, they think they think they have to do like a cartwheel or some crazy split on set. I'm like, that's not it. So let me ask you a question. Do you think do you think that um, that that it's a do you think that modeling is a skill that's teachable? <laughs> I can curse, right? Go for it. Hell yeah. That was a little bit. Hell clean, yeah but... is not a curse. Yeah, yeah. I'm just warming up to it. But hell yeah. Um, when I started. It's crazy because I didn't know shit, okay? Like, till today, as much as I've learned, it's just because I feel like learning is something that you should do for the rest of your life, right? There's never a time where you can't stop learning. Yep. And when I got into this industry, you put me in front of a camera. I didn't know what I was doing, but at the time, also, the photographers that were interested in me we're just like, this guy is such a rare gem that I'll shoot him even if he sucked, right? But then little by little, you get in front of the camera and you start learning your angles. You start learning, actually, there's a huge, you know, sense of direction with, if you put me in a suit, I can't model like if I'm wearing like at leisure, right? Because it's just like, obviously a suit, whether it's tailored or not, it's just... With the suit, you might just have to cross your hand and hit one of those fake corporate, you know, uh, <laughs> pose or just because you don't want to also wrinkle it. So knowing stuff like that, it's it, it becomes easy because you hear it, right? You go from... You ever do suits? You ever do suits yeah, for yeah. Rag and Bone? Uh, no, Rag and Bone doesn't do suits, but the J. Cruz, Ralph Lauren... Just, I, I own a Rag yeah. and Bone suit. They do suits. Oh, maybe, you don't yeah. do Rag and suits. I, I don't do Rag and yeah. suits, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done suits. I've done a few suits. Um, I was doing suits all day yesterday. Was okay. it yesterday? Yeah, with J. Crew. I was doing, like, tuxedos, and which I is crazy because now I own none, right? I went from... You still own none? Yeah, I don't want... Listen, I made up my mind that I don't need a suit, except for funerals. As bad as that sounds, because I, res- uh, I, yeah. I like to respect the occasion. So I'll do suit for funerals and for weddings. But um, who knows? I might. But no dress shoes. Eh, respecting the occasion is actually putting the whole attire on. Yeah. So I'll do dress dress shoes. But something cool, like, you know, something that Darvis Joe will be like, man, those are some. Yeah. Those are some dope shoes, but yeah, suit. I'll probably get back into well, it. Well, you're I, you're a, you're you're an international model, so. Well, I wore that. suit before I was modeling yeah. at a at, at a job that I had, and it was just annoying, right? To always. What job was this? I'm a man that had many titles. It was I was back in Baltimore. When I was in Baltimore, I was working at a big and tall store, selling, uh, you know, clothes for athletes and and big big and tall dudes. Even though I'm not big. I had the tall part, but not the other parts they were looking for. And yeah, I had to wear suits. And as as much as I liked it, and I like respect for them, like I know I look good in a suit. Just get tiring, man. It felt like, you know, it's one thing to have a uniform in school, but it's another to have uniform at work. Yeah. And I feel like that's how you know, the society kind of breaks you down <laughs> to where it's just like you think it's so professional. But later on, you know, you'll see... You're not, you're not being you. You're not being yourself, right? So how are you going to sell someone something when you're not even yourself at the time that you're selling it? Yeah, it was it was, it was was brutal. Then when I moved to New York, 
while still pursuing modeling, I was working as a doorman, right, at the St. Laurent's uh, Dolce Gabbana and Gucci. And once again, black suits. So when I was done, when I finally broke that uh, gap you into... you now associated suits with uniform. I mean, it technically is, right? If you look at most office... Uh, most, listen, uh, I, I wore a suit you know. all day Saturday, and it was an outfit that I had put together, and uh, I felt great. It's just it's because it's part of my it was part of my repertoire. What color was the suit? Uh, like a light navy. Okay. Light navy with a kind of a cream sweater. Cute, cute. That was, was very cute. The cream kind of makes it pop out. Oh yeah, yeah. Detail, and yeah. I actually went with uh, I threw a gray, uh, gray box pattern button down under it and i felt like i looked very trustworthy <laughs> yeah i literally uh i'm I saving i'm bef- saving my suit for when i get yeah. married before That's i walked the, out the door i said jules i i said jules uh how do i look she goes you look trustworthy it's so funny you said that <laughs> i i have a photo of me on set with j crew and it was like one of those it was like a navy turtleneck classic turtleneck and it was like with a sport coat? No, no, no. It was just a turtleneck. I mean, it was it was obviously going to be, they was going to put a sport coat on top of it. But prior to putting that sport coat on, the photographer goes, you look very trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, man. There you go. And maybe that's all part of the, p- part of wearing the suit. I it's, guess. It's to guess. go to make you feel professional, trustworthy. I would say, who made you wear that suit? Unless you, oh, unless, well, unless I, I wanted to wear it myself. It depends, though. I know it's funny. Like I would, I mean, I'm right now. We're shooting this right now. I'm wearing sweats. Yeah, that's I cool. I'm comfortable in sweats. Listen, I actually this season I went and bought like at least three or four more pairs of sweats mm-hmm. because I appreciate being able to at any day of the week, as long as I'm not showing apart. If I'm showing apartments, uh, you know, if I'm seeing clients, I'm not gonna wear sweats. Other than that, mm-hmm. I'm likely in sweat because it's comfortable, and I'm not wearing like you know a pair. Like yeah, I'm like not wearing it. like yeah. a pair of like uh, not nothing against Champion or Russell, but like you know just like an old pair of like gym sweats. Like I, they're nice sweats. Well, that's actually the style now. If you look at it, whether a lot of these brands, when I'm uh, especially on set, you just seeing less logo, right? Because the way that you put it together. It looks still. It looks clean. You can put a trench coat on it. Put a puffer. He doesn't look like, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it looks. It's I can't street, wait to show street. you the varsity jacket I wore with this outfit. Oh, sick, sick. Yeah, that's 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 the best way to do it. You know. Thank you. Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's rewind. Let's do it. George came to the United States. What year? Damn, that might be the only hard questions I have to question that I can honestly remember around what year maybe 2000 all right so you came to the u.s by way of so i was born in south sudan now uh back then it was sudan lived in egypt uh for about maybe three years then from egypt my family relocated to baltimore maryland of all places from egypt from egypt shout out to bimo there we go. They were yeah. in Egypt, and like we're going to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Where is the land of opportunity? We're going to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I guess the universe was like this guy has some rough times. No, well, you had family you know. there, right? Yeah, I had. You had, a, you had, I had, you had a, a family that had already migrated. I had an uncle. Um, it's so funny now when I think about it. This uncle didn't have his shit together, so I don't know why we. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, we had one uncle. Um, I guess that was good enough. Right, but it's comfortability of having the uncle who made it to the United States versus not having any family in, I mean, we're in New York now. Yeah. Any family in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, somewhere in the Northeast. Yeah. So that's why you went to Baltimore. So you go to Baltimore, and Mm -hmm. what do the next five years look like? Whew. The next five years was, it was hell, man. I was trying to figure it out, right? Um, adapting to the culture here. Um, yeah. How's your English? What English? 
I my uh, in Sudan we spoke Arabic, Egypt, Arabic different lingo. Uh, came to America. Um, funny. Only thing we we used to say this back home to make fun of the Americans was, um, this is karakadis for keys, which literally meant this is cat shit in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> say that again. This is Karakadis for Keys. Karakadis for Keys. Yeah, which meant this is cat shit in the bag. So when I came to Baltimore, that's the most you're getting out of me was this is cat shit in the bag. But yeah, um, no, I didn't know anything, man. I actually, um, besides watching like, this one is funny because I just saw the Pamela Anderson documentary. Besides watching like Baywatch in Egypt. In Egypt. <laughs> in Egypt. Uh, Star uh, Star Trek. Um, what else American stuff that was on? Um, and Barney's. Barney? Barney. And that shit used to hurt my eye. What about like, uh, I'm trying to think, Kim 2000, so 90s. What about uh, Full House, Fresh Prince? Yeah, no. Um, oh, yeah. As weird as it Simpsons. is. Simpsons. No, no, no. The Simpsons was whack. They, they didn't need that in Egypt, apparently. Um, man. <laughs> Uh, Chuck Norris, Walker, uh, Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge hit. Great over show, there. hilarious. Great because show. I even was like, with certain Sudanese people that dress like cowboys. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, I probably have like baby pictures of me like in denim on denim because it's like a cowboy's fit. Okay. Funny as hell Canadian to remember tuxedo. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was it. I didn't know much, man. Um, five years in America. Um, obviously, I feel like the first two years was learning English, which is, to me, was like the most important thing. And then once I was like, okay, once I got English down pat, because, you know, I was still young enough where I was going to elementary school. Once I learned English, try to understand the culture, you know, um, which is kind of, I don't know, man. It's a... You know, a place like Baltimore is so mixed, right? Then America is also like the land of the opportunity. So in my classroom, you got Italians, you got Mexicans, you got other Africans, and you know, then you got what you, whether it's people from the Americans, and then you have, you know, the Black American culture, and it's just like trying to understand where do you fit in with that. And this was East Baltimore or West Baltimore? This was in um, East Baltimore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the West Baltimore is something else. Prop Joe's territory. Prop Joe. Prop Joe. Oh, it's a Wire um, reference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, uh, I watched The Wire, but not that deep. Okay. Uh, I am a fan of um. Michael Michael Williams. Michael Williams. Who passed away? Yeah. Yeah, I actually met him at Fashion Week. First big show. He's there telling me, "You got this, King." Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Uh, to his family members also um one of his his he was uh i met his i believe his cousin in a in a, in a random situation and actually became tight with him like where we on social media uh like friend bases and exchange numbers and stuff but it's just yeah that was that was crazy to hear what happened to him but yeah that was that was my time in baltimore for actually f the, the five years was just trying to from English to understanding the culture and just trying to, you know, understand that shit, I'm not I'm not in my country, you know? Nope, you gotta adapt. Yeah, yeah. And how was uh, the next level of adapting, learning English, uh, ingraining yourself in the American society? Mm -hmm. How was that? Honestly, not easy. Not easy. Um, especially as a child, you know, I felt like, I, ha I held a lot of resentment for the way that even though things were bad in my country, you know, in a way your home is your home, right? Mm -hmm. So I, once you learn English and then you understand how things are done here, um, like even remember in middle school, I just hated, I just hated school a lot, right? Um, because I felt like the kids here didn't want to learn. That was that was a huge, um, I guess it was it was it was a huge 
like just eye open. I was like, man, like yeah, you're given this you opportunity know, to, to for learn. free. Yeah, for free also free education you know, and you just want to talk back to the teacher not pay attention fight the teacher talk back to the teacher and i mean in baltimore my school options were also very limited due to like the areas that we uh resided and i'm like shout out to my parents for always just trying to make sure we were in a safe neighborhood but the school district was still you know it was, it was basically trash but um yeah just they struck. did the best they could with what they had they definitely did they definitely did but just trying to the more years i spent in the country the more you know i learned as much as i've been in this country now where you know i can consider myself an american have an american passport and stuff it's just certain things that um when you come from where i come from it's hard to forget, you know, and kind of try to play it off because I wasn't the best student in school, but I definitely knew I couldn't be last because that was our mentality, right? When you go to school <laughs> here, they were while they was coming up with the No Child Left Behind Mumbo yeah. Jumbo, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Um, for us back home, you get graded on a, I'm the best in my class and I'm the worst in my class. And if you're the best on that top, you know, 10 list, you're great. If you last, you actually will hear it from your peers, like other students. You might actually get fucked up by them. In Egypt. Egypt, Sudan, uh-huh. other parts of the world. That's how it works Jesus. for us. Yeah. Say, like, yo, what, the, what are you doing? You know, you're the last in the classroom, you know, and yeah, it was definitely just that. Um, the first few years of being here, that was what I was going with. So what? Uh, what eventually brought you? What was the? What was the? The, the bridge? The the that? What brought you to New York? Good question. So from elementary school, obviously learning the language. Middle school was you know just getting to understand this country more high school was actually very it was a very bad time for me because um now you kind of just i i kind of grew into like this you know what fuck it mentality where it's just like you know growing up in baltimore i was just like i knew i can always be doing more but it's just due to like the sense of not having an identity yet. Not having an identity. You're that's the, that's the word I was looking for. Do you think there, this was uh, you know kind of a a lost not a lost identity but a a lack of an identity throughout all of high school or was it more towards the beginning or more towards the end or again? Uh, the- obviously, all through. So finishing middle school, that's where it you know it starts off from because now you're like as a kid you're like i'm in this country as much as i always had friends right i had other immigrant friends but then you also like i mean tell today when i'm walking a room it's just like i turn heads right whether it's it's like oh man this guy is tall dark complexion you know i mean odds um, are most rooms you walk into right now yeah you're the darkest in the room yeah and you're one of the tallest in the room. Yeah. And probably one of the most good looking too. Yeah, from I was what gonna I say, heard, you stand out. You know, yeah, smell good, all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, you got that. You got that jawline right there. That uh, that's can't, that you, can't, <laughs> you can't. You can't learn that jawline. Listen, <laughs> that shit is hilarious because, in 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 school, my teachers <laughs> used to think I was getting beat up at home, <laughs> only in my cheekbones. And damn, that just showed how stupid some of those teachers were. But one lady called my mom was like, yeah, your son seems to be getting fights at home or in school because his cheekbones is always just, you know, as a kid, it was even like, I didn't always have it. I had a round face, but then one day it just started getting more defined. And, you know, (laughs) it just developed into what it is now, right? And I always even get stupid questions like, oh, 
heard if you chew a lot of gum, your cheekbones would be like that. Oh I was like, oh my god, I promise you, it's not. You That's know, like straight out of a straight out of a Vogue article, or maybe not Vogue, but you know, straight out of like a magazine article, like how to get higher cheekbones. <laughs> chew a lot of gum. Chew a lot of gum, and it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, but that whole trying to find yourself, right? Um, in high school, I was really into sports. Uh, that was very therapeutic for me. I played probably every single sport. Uh, I was obviously really good at soccer. Track, I was really good at. Um, lacrosse, I'm a beast on, you know, when it came to playing lacrosse. Okay. Uh, American football, I was also a beast at that to the point where all like the top schools uh, was trying to recruit me in middle school. High school, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm tired of American football. Because um, I can throw. For a skinny guy, I had and, and pretty good accuracy also till today. I, th- I don't know if I showed you that uh, video f- for the J. Crew campaign where they had me uh, throwing, throwing the ball. I threw the ball, uh, and they were very surprised. <laughs> and then it was like, hey, can anybody on set catch? I was like, not only can I catch, but I can give you ESPN highlight catches. So while with a suit on, oh my hand God. in my pocket, I'm like telling the other model, throw the ball. And I like Randy Moss said one hand. And they would just go, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, trust me. It's <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you got to show me that. It's, it's, it's a funny video. Uh, but when it came to, like, yeah, just trying to find an identity, um, I think that's what honestly got me in trouble a lot. It was to the point where I even got thrown out of all of Baltimore City schools. From? Wait, what? I got expelled from Baltimore City Whoa, school. How, that was a curveball. That was a fucking curveball. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. Cause I was, I was just remember I was like I went into like that not really giving a fuck it mentality. Like you were depressed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a funk and an identity crisis. It sounds like you were depressed. Well, what do you think identity crisis is when you don't know who you are and you're in a new country? It's all in that mix of is emotions. Is that the point right? where you moved to New York? So, from there, I I try to stick around. I eventually, actually, from here's here's another curveball. I moved to West Virginia for school. Went out there, did a trade school out there, got my high school diploma, and then from there, moved to Virginia Beach. Right, then from Virginia Beach, moved back to Baltimore, and then eventually, I was like, uh, I'm too big for this town. How was it living in West Virginia? For a six foot one black guy, it was weird. It's weird as fuck. Um, I was in a like in a boarding school situation. Okay, so you were um, more. Uh, it was enclosed. Uh, you know, yeah, you were on, yeah. you were on a campus. I was on a campus, you but like, you were like in the city. But I did listen. Call it a city. Yeah, yeah. I did uh, Charleston. I I did go out, uh, have fun, uh, made some stripper friends. There we go. <laughs> Shit, it was nothing else. It was now, either, now it was either that or chewing tobacco leaves and now all that other uh, stuff. Still you know? Instagram friends. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly pulled the uh, what's that movie like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like where the Jim uh, Carrey would erase his mind. Oh, I call it just being Men in Black. Just oh yeah, you know, when well, you yeah, pulled that. <laughs> yeah, just just when you just Men I went, in Black. I, and... I went deep with it. Uh, that was like one of my movies. Watching that, it's, it's trippy as hell. You guys should watch that. On DVD? On DVD? Yeah. Uh, sure, you have trying, a DVD I'm, I'm trying to think how far back. Uh, I mean, it's on like Hulu, Netflix, oh, everything. Oh, gotcha. more recently. <laughs> no, no, I mean, everything that's on DVD should yeah, yeah, yeah. be on, Yes. you know, these I'm saying when you stuff. watched the movie. When I watched the movie, time. it was like, I don't know where the hell I watched it. It was just... I just knew it was trippy to see somebody, you know, do that. And just I was like, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, it was actually, believe it or not, it actually, that part of my life played a huge role in how I got to be where I am today because I was alone, right? I was in a school where <laughs> I was always reminded that uh, I was basically not going to amount to anything, right? Um, so what was your motivation at this point? Well, it couldn't get any worse than where where it was, right? Um, my 
my life was completely just up in the air. And it was up to me to basically put it together, whether it was getting my high school diploma, because I was like, well, and in, in my household, I was the first to get my high school diploma, right? And it was kind of That's like... commendable. Yeah, yeah. It was basically where it's like my mom and my dad was just like, yo, you know, we came to this country and we don't... In a way, it was like, you know, if you don't do it, we'll feel like failures. And, but I stopped, I stopped trying to do stuff for other people and just started doing it for myself. But when I was there, I was alone, had to learn how to basically, that's when I got kind of aware of like entrepreneurship, started DJing at the school campus, became very popular with the director, uh, started boxing, um, which helped with the mental health part. Um, yeah. started growing into more of myself, um, the students around there. Your life literally is a book mm-hmm. and well, everybody's life is a book and there's different chapters. Yeah. Your life literally sounds like different chapters, like all different stories. Like it's not even like one book that has chapter after chapter. It's like your book is your life is just like a book of short, not short stories, but a book of different stories. Oh man, it's it's the only way I look at it. Where each chapter was basically, you know, it's up to me to write it, right? And that that chapter of my life was is that believe it or not, it was actually more interesting than the whole idea of like coming here as a refugee and stuff. Because now I'm asking myself, what do I want to be, right? For the first time now. And is this leading up to how you became a model? Yes, because while I was there, I mean, shout out to those ladies that always, even though I didn't, I, I never saw myself as a, you know, I was always getting called pretty boy and stuff like that. And I actually told somebody this recently. I used to beat up guys for calling me pretty, right? And I was just always in my head. I was like, yo, I'm this roughneck, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, bad boy. And uh, the girls was like, fool, no, you're not. You know, no, you're not. Uh Constantly reminded me that, you know, I was good looking. I should be a model. Um, and it worked out for me, right? It worked out for me very well with just those conversations. I need more than that. it worked out for me. George, yeah. you're so pretty. George, you should be a model for years. Yeah. Get the hell out of my face was my answer. All right. So then what brought you to New York? So, if you okay. remember that, that month that you're like, fuck this. Uh-huh. I'm leaving B-more. I'm going to New York. So tell me how that happened. So I told you I was do, doing the retail stuff, selling suits. Had another job that was shitty. You know that one I'm not gonna say now because for other reasons. But when you were a server, ah oh, no no no, I could I've, I've could, I could have done serving. That was lightweight. But um, it was something that I really didn't want to do. Um, but. It, 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 it took, it took me just trying everything else, right. To kind of be like, you know what? Fuck it. I've done as much as I could. And then, um, at this other job that I was working at, uh, my coworker just randomly died. Right. Somebody that I knew there for like, uh, like nine months or whatever. And he was at the company for like 30 years. He died. And the next day, there was a job opening, right? And that sparked something in my head and was like, when you work for somebody, right, you can give them everything. And obviously, I mean, now somebody that owns business, it maybe wasn't that deep because it was like, well, shit, yeah, if somebody died, I got to hire somebody else to do this job. But that scared the hell out of me. And I... Honestly, just quit both jobs in like a week without even putting in any kind of notice. I was like, yo, I'm done. You know, life is short. Um, I had a photographer um, at the time reach out to me who was going to school like in um, in Towson University. He was like an art major. Reach out to me. He was like, yo, dude, I saw your Facebook or something and was like, You're, you are you have an interesting look. Can I f- photograph you? He took some of my photos and I kid you not, maybe two weeks later, 
my face was blasted all over downtown Baltimore. And my uncle is like, one of uh yeah, my uncle was like, you know, I saw your face downtown. I was like, what? This dude called me, was like crying, was like, yo, George, you're such a you're such a good looking dude, you know, the photos that we took. I graduated school early because of you. I got an A plus. Wait, wait, wait. So you had a buddy that wanted to take pictures of Not you. even a buddy. It's just you had some random dude. Some random dude. Some, so you had some like, random dude approach you. Hey, mm-hmm. I want to take pictures of I'm you. I'm a photographer at Towson University. I want to take your photos. And two weeks later. Face was plastered all in downtown Baltimore. Um, for whatever reason. I don't even know. Technically now, since I know the stuff so well, I should sue him for that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah, I had like all of our pictures. You know, it was like multiple stuff. Like uh, he styled it. What were you modeling? God, I don't know, man. It was just stuff. You know, nothing weird, nothing too crazy. It was just t-shirts, maybe. Um, but it was more focused on me as a model, right? And um, is that what then catapulted your 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 psyche to let's get the fuck up to New York? My that the uh, the the coworker passing away. Um, me talking to my mom about it. Um, apparently, since I came to America, all of my um, friends, my, my mom, friends, and people at church was like, you should put this kid in modeling. But in my head, I'm this roughneck, right? Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm this roughneck. And uh, behind closed doors, all of my aunts and everybody that knew me was like, yo, you a good-looking kid. Right. The only time it mattered to me was when I was shooting my shot at a chick. And if that shot went in, I was like, okay, I'm good looking. And if not, which has never happened where I never actually shot my shot. <laughs> but um yeah, so all of all, all of those things kind of played a uh played it played their own role, right? And then I was just like, you know what, why am I scared of it? Because I actually started modeling late, like really late. While most people are getting discovered at 15, 16. Yeah. I moved to New York, you know, like eight years ago, maybe like when I was 24. Yeah, like already like early 20s. But uh, shout out to being Sudanese and black not cracking. I look like I was still like in my teenager. Yeah, I mean, listen, you could be 18 or 45 right now. I wouldn't know. (laughs) There's some times when I'm on set and I got to tell these girls, I'm like, I can honestly be your daddy for real. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so that. So you moved to New York. I moved to New York. And the same photographer that actually took my pictures there, we became roommates because he actually was like, when I'm done school, I'm moving to oh, New wow. York. Yeah, and we became friends and I moved to New York. And um, What was his name? Ricky. Ricky. Shout yeah. out to Ricky. Shout out to Ricky. Um, moved to New York. Um, crazy. Main uh, The main focus of also moving to New York was life was not life in at the time. Right, I didn't have no money saved up. I was working two jobs, broke as a joke. So you moved to New York with how much money in your pocket? Thirty-four bucks in my pocket. Thirty-four bucks. It was a suicide mission, basically. Um, but told my mom, I was like, "Yo, mom, I'm quitting. I'm moving to New York, and I'm going to pursue modeling." My mom goes, "Shout out to mom. She goes about fucking time." Right. Um, told my older brother who we were roommates he was like yo go ahead the worst that can happen is you learn some new shit and you come back to Baltimore and we pick up where we left off um, some people laugh because it was like yo you old as fuck what are you doing moving <laughs> to you know now they're not laughing anymore no I mean listen but, you came here with $34 and now you have how much in the bank I'm just probably playing. like <laughs> probably like 34 st- <laughs> yeah but hundred dollars <laughs> but yeah like um yeah move uh you i get here right and that's when you know like when they tell you new york new york to me was a scary place man oh, yeah. because baltimore cute you know new york in some cases if you yeah it was just it was just scary because you know this is the big apple so now you're in the big apple mm-hmm. tell me about your first because I know you have more than one big break. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your first big break in, in New York City. Honestly, was just getting first getting signed. That was Bye. 
Um, you talking about the agency? Uh, oh, just getting yeah, getting. Bre- I, I feel like the big break has to be a campaign. So what was the campaign? Well, that you can't get those campaigns without the agency. So the big break for me was actually meeting my. The big break was meeting my business partner and my partner Yanni because mm. she told me a lot of the 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 ins and out of the industry, right? And then from there getting signed and then after getting signed was just basically you know you back to your question when you ask can you learn you know can you be taught as you can know you be taught how to model how to model yeah that's i i learned right um you learn but mm-hmm. you know if there's anything that i've taken out of this interview so far mm-hmm. is that you didn't learn it you had it it was brought out of you you yeah, had you had this natural instinct. Yeah. You had this confidence mm-hmm. that you just you know, you 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 pushed out of your body. It was in there and now you got mm-hmm. it out and you just have that natural confidence that is what it takes to model. So what seems like confidence goes from when you come as a refugee, you really don't have you really didn't have that much opportunities. You know where you come from, where it's like you fled war. And honestly, death where we could have been died a long time ago. What the hell is a camera (laughs) compared to that, right? But yeah, so the big break is getting signed, and then afterwards, (laughs) where um, would J Crew be if you didn't, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't flee Egypt, Sudan to Uh, Egypt, and then to yeah, Um, that's a good question. And I actually asked myself where would where the hell would I be. Right. But honestly, um, shout out to just you, man. If you're a risk taker, I like you. God bless. You know, yeah, that's a Fuck that's yeah. like like that was God, that risk seemed bigger than even coming to America. The hardest road leads to the greatest destinations. Amen to that. It was it was yeah, even anytime I think about it, I'm just like, man, was it was I that crazy? Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and, and in I, the circumstances I you were that crazy, but yeah. fuck yeah, you, thank God you did it. I'll do it a million times. But after after getting signed and started So which signing ca- so the first sign you signed with the agency and first then I signed with the which agency. campaign came at one after the other? And so, how did it how did it kind of snowball? You've Good had some, question. You've had some pretty large campaigns. Yeah. So. So it just sounds. So it doesn't. So people don't get it confused. It was just all not. You know, I moved to New York and boom, you're this supermodel. So I actually struggled for a while because even though I was signed, I didn't have my passport, right, to fly to Europe. So I actually missed out on some big gigs, not having a passport, and, but. I think the first one that I really enjoyed was like Levi's, hmm. right? Levi's, <laughs> Levi's uh, flew me out to like San Francisco, and I was like, "Man, you get flown for free? <laughs> free ho- I get to the hotel Before and I'm that, like, how many times have you been on a plane? Um, actually, uh, probably five times. Okay." Yeah, which so is a good amount. Right, but which now is you're a good in your amount. mid-20s. Yeah. And you've been on a plane five times in your life. Yeah. And now here you're being flown from New York to San Francisco Listen. by Levi Strauss yeah. denim jeans yeah. Yeah. who's paying you on top of flying you out. For to, like for like four days of working. Yeah. And uh, paying for everything, everything that you're doing. Everything. And feeding I, you. I get to the hotel and <laughs> I, I'm like, it's this big ass suite. Uh, in San Francisco and I'm like is there somebody else coming and then the whole night I was like maybe I should unlock the door and then the next day it was like such a even a casting director we still friends till today she goes oh I was like is that hotel room all for me she goes yeah I was like wow <laughs> you're like well that I was, was just sleeping it. on the couch that was I it. thought someone else was you coming listen, I, I was like for them. I, I, I was so clean and just uh neat i was like yeah i'm here for like three more days and i was like whoa you honestly get flown out you know and from there it was just you know um yeah that happened 
And then um, I had that happen, which was amazing. And then I had uh, I had a uh, a few other gigs that I did. Some that um, my career kind of did also take a dip because I was getting lots of like um, without going to too much details, I was getting a lot of like high and European clients. To me, moving to New York was just. I was like, you move to New York and you model, right? To me, modeling was just suits and everything else that you saw on TV. Then you get here and you find out it's this cool other world, right? From the Levi's to like, you know, where there's like the Bonobos and just these, like the leisure wear. You can, I once even did a gig with like Coca-Cola and I was like, yo, this is crazy, right? And it's just so many factors to it that when, when somebody asks me, are you a model? It's like, yeah. And they actually like, who do you model for? I'm like, it can be from Cartier. It can be from this model shooting Hyundai commercials. Revy, you haven't even you know? mentioned, I don't know. Are you, are you allowed to mention there? Yeah. You could mention you've already put it out into the world. What? The, the, the oh. massive worldwide campaign right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. George uh, is very modest. George is the face <laughs> of coaches coach. Their fragrance. Yeah, George yeah. is the, the the worldwide face of the of the men's fragrance. Right yeah, now. yeah, that's 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 huge, that's huge. That was actually like how many different how many different continents is your face representing Coach fragrance? Well, I'll let Coach decide that. There you go. So, but um, yeah, man, that was actually, you know, getting getting those breaks right, and eventually even like getting my becoming a U.S. citizen like what, four years ago now? Four, yeah, four years ago. And then finally being able to travel to Europe doing shows in like uh, Milan and Paris. You know, these are things that prior to that, which I'm also forgetting, my first huge break was Ralph Lauren. Like that was where probably like more than 50 plus countries and people writing me from Germany. Like it's funny because like other refugees reaching out, but seeing black people like in Germany writing me um because i did it with, with with as a family it was like my my son was in the shoot yep. with me and um people writing you just saying like yo thank you so much for being a part of this campaign i love that and i was like what the hell are you guys thanking me for i was like no like i was like it was my pleasure shoot you know this was a dream gig for me also as somebody that you know like ralph is ralph lauren right to actually meet him and heck, I used to get suspended for wearing Ralph in school. And I actually shared that story with them. I was like, yo, this makes it up for all the time. Because <laughs> I was like, I got suspended so many times. I was like, for what? I was like, well, my school was boring. Obviously, by now, you guys picked up. I hate uniforms. They used to make me wear like a white polo and khakis. Me being me, I was like, fuck it. It's got to be Ralph then. So now, wearing like the Big ass Ralph Lauren, you know, oh, polo. Big, big horse. Yeah, yeah, like, like, big like horse a rugby. Here. So I was yeah. dressing up like a rugby player. Ralph boots, khakis. My khakis had like a Ralph, you know, inside the pocket detail. And that was like my style. And the principal, who was a player hater, suspended me <laughs> as much as possible. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's how life you, works. You getting suspended for fashion. Wait, wait, wait. Let's say that again. Mm -hmm. You got suspended. Mm hmm for fashion. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's you crazy. Expressing yourself. That would, yeah. could, would that happen nowadays? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I haven't stepped foot in school. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's happening now, but it's funny. I think I always said this. Like, I felt like no matter what happened in life, I always had the last laugh. Whether it was like the people that suspended me from school and like none of my teachers, except for one who actually found me because of the Ralph campaign, like my elementary um, ESOL was just like English as a second yep, language. ESL. She found me right. from my campaign, reached out to my agency, was like, George was my student. And a few months afterwards, I we connected. She came down during the summer and we had a like a full life uh, it's like circle moment where we went and had like dinner together. I met her kids 
And she told me, true story, she was going to stop teaching because she felt like she wasn't making a difference. And I told her, the Baltimore, I was like, if you're judging this of Baltimore City schools or just Baltimore educational system, which is trash, you have done something that has changed my life That's forever. You taught me English. By teaching me English, you taught me how to defend myself. Then you taught me how to defend my parents because my mom, you know, it's much harder for the adult to learn it. You probably made her cry. Oh, she was crying. People at the restaurants around was crying because they were just ear hustling. And I was like, yo, don't quit. If you And now we're working on um, me flying out to wherever. Uh, I think like she's in Michigan. And I'm going to talk to her, ESOL, uh, the students there also. Tell them like, yo, you better listen to what this lady is, you know, because she genuinely cared. Like my graduation day when we didn't have a car or anything, she drove me to my graduation, picked up my mom, took us to McDonald's. So now as an adult, she came to New York. I had to literally like just flex my muscle for her. Like, yo, this oh this God. this is this is That's a product. Special. Yeah, I was like, this is a product of you. Because the cool thing about like the Ralph Lauren campaign, which is like, you know, we went on a long streak of like every year, a few months, I was doing like special like three plus campaigns with him, even like in a uh, like in his book. I mean his book that came out, also in his documentary with my family. They would let me. You're in Ralph Lauren's documentary. Mm-hmm. That's very dope. Like, I had to narrate. Uh, I don't know if that's the word. Sorry. Narrate. Narrate. My Arabic took over there, and they would just always be like, "Your English is so good." And I always thought about that teacher, and I spoke about her on set, and then boom. Oh wow. Yeah, and yeah, I told her that. It. I told her that, and she was like, "Oh my God, you know, I'm never gonna, you know, stop teaching." And I was like, "Yeah, don't unless." You know, you're not happy at what you're doing. Yeah, so, I feel bad for that. But touching on manifesting mm-hmm. and everything leading into the next, what does the rest of 2023 look like for Yanni? Um, honestly, just growing, right? We we enjoy doing what we do. What does growth look like for Yanni? Growth looks like. That's a good question. I think maybe, um, I guess I have to, now I'm taking off the owner's hat with my partner and putting on the director hat. And the direction that we want to go in is just obviously opening more doors. For your current models? Yeah, opening more doors and just, opening more doors, I'll say, Growing, bringing more clients in, right? Our clientele list have been growing. Beautiful. It's been it's been a beautiful first month of the year. That's what's up. Um, so for our models, also we try to point them in the right direction. That's the crazy thing about it. Something as simple as me telling the guys, um, that's my as a, as 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 the owner director, you know we. We oversee everybody's career, but for me, I focus on the on the guys and girls. But the guys are my specialty, so I'll tell them like, "Hey, I walked down this alley before, and somebody threw a rock at my head. So, hint: don't walk down that alley. They throw rocks there, and if they listen to me, metaphorically, metaphorically, you know, if you throw a rock, stop. But um, <laughs> if they listen, I've done my job, right? That's and sad. if not, so for us, it's just, you know, yeah, growth growth can just, just those things, right? And we'll, we'll just take it one step at a time. If we end up, right, becoming this global agency that... Which I think you will. Yeah. I don't we, know. I, I feel ho- like... Ho- hopefully this year, we'll see how this year goes. And I want to have you back on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have you back on the show in late September. Okay. After September Fashion Week. Ooh. See how pressure. See how New York Fashion Week went. <laughs> pressure. See how Paris Fashion Week went. Mm. And see how New York Fashion Week in September goes. And we'll have you back then and we'll see uh what the last uh eight months consisted of. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, we always up for a task. I feel like 
myself and my partner, shout out to her. She works hard, man. And there's a lot of stuff that, in a way, we are very humble, but we're working on, like, we're going to continue working on our strengths, right? Because that's what we do so well, but also improve on the weakness, right? Because, like, the weakness is just, like, the fact that even just coming out now, talking about the agency and stuff powerful. like that. That's 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 powerful, and we don't actually like to do that. We let the work speak for itself. But some cool stuff that you know we notice is just the clientele's coming, and each week we're getting the emails, you know, from some big clients, you know, and big agencies. It's just like we trust we trust you guys' judgment, right? As a as a model, that's it's I love what I do, but to hear somebody say, hey. We come to you because we trust your eyes and we trust the direction that you guys are going. That actually feels really good, right? Because that means I've picked up a skill set there. That's something that you can't teach because people are asking me, it's like, well, I can walk in any room since starting, you know, to work more and more with my partner and becoming hands-on and asking these agencies what are you guys seeking because with our agency you know we're known as a mother agency and it sounds exactly like what it is as a mother agent we develop you right so when we present you to whether it's the new york models or the dna's imgs or etc we're bringing you there and saying this is our product and this product is is good right you let us know if it's good for you, and from there, we'll keep on, you know, just relationship, right? Um, sometimes one product might not work for the other, right? right. Yeah, and we just and, have to. And that's why you coming with as much experience in your back pocket when now being a mother agency and now you're guiding all these other models, you're able to cut through the fat yeah. and really hold their hand. And, you know, hand holding usually has a negative. Uh, you know, neg negative connotation attached to it, but in this sense, mm -hmm. hand holding is fantastic because you're ha you're hand holding because you've you've been through the fire already, and and nobody held our hand. That's right. the scary part. When I did it with you know moving here with nothing, think of it like is when you, I don't know if they do it so much now, but back in the day, your first week of school or so, your parents will walk you right. So you know how to get to that school. And eventually it's like you got to walk by yourself because now, you know, you have to basically, you have to basically remember your way and just know how to get there. And that's just the way that I look at it. Whereas like with these individuals, from the time that we sit down and I'm just like, okay, I like this person, right? And it's more than just looks. Is this person... You know, can they hold a conversation? You know, are they people friendly? Do they take directions very well? Right? Um, just picking their brains. Where do you see yourself? Right? Can can we meet the demand? Because you got some people who come in as like, well, I want to be Beyonce. I'm like, well, uh, she's not a model. So yeah. <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> that's down the street, sweetie. You know, and once you... Just start kind of writing that step down where it's like, we'll hold your hand, but don't expect us to, you know, kind of walk you to school every day. Right. Right. So once that's evaluated, it's like, man, go out there, have fun. It's, it's fun as hell. Once you just, it just takes that, the right people guiding you in. You and know? that's who you are. You're the right person. Thanks, so man. So before I let you go, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to need one word of advice from you mm -hmm. one one word of advice from you to anybody trying to make it in new york one word of advice yeah, just a word or a word to live by man that's a this is a question that i was expecting to get like a million years down the line but in my mind no 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 that that's a sentence right there i need one word of advice be 
Hmm. Yeah, I'll say B. Just, just be excited with what you want to do. Be excited with what you want to do. Go with your gut. Be true to yourself. Of course. Do, do you? I mean, dope. that falls out in that line, but just be excited with what you want to do, and it it'll work out because that's how I just went about it, right? When I got here, and there was no other, way, there's no turning back, right? And even though I didn't know shit about this industry. I was like, well, I already packed all my stuff, had my friends drop me off, and I had to just, when I didn't have any money to eat, nowhere, didn't even know where the next, but I was just excited, man. I was like, I'm here, fuck it, right? Amazing. So, George, yeah, man. I'm going to have you back in September. We didn't even touch on nah, real estate. Nah, nah. We didn't touch upon real estate investing, <laughs> which- Listen, George I'm not is, that George great. Is, George I don't is know. a real estate investor as well. I wonder thanks he invests, to who. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a he's a smart guy. And uh, thanks, man. And Shout out to you also for places. for teaching me about stuff. You know, uh, we're, Steve we're, is a we good teach guy. Each, we teach each other. Yeah, for sure, my for man. Sure. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. My first and probably not last. Podcast. Definitely not.